psychedelics can be thought of as a mind technology or a body-mind technology, and its foremost function can be one of reconnection. And my personal psychedelic experience was very much that I was very much disconnected from my body. The problem is always we can't see what we can't see, right? We can't, we don't know what's beyond our horizon. It was just normal for me. Um, I was very much top-heavy, you could say, very much in my head. The left hemisphere is very analytical, learning, studying, and so on, excelling in academia and and, and so on. And what the psychedelic experience showed me how uh, disconnected I was from my body and thus also from my emotions, actually. And so my personal path has been also one of integration, integrating my uh, body and my emotions much more into my overall being and consciousness. Welcome to Pyramid to Circles. Circles. This podcast is for the leaders and for the change makers who have the goal of evolving their company towards more collective intelligence, more empowerment, more self-organization, but asking themselves how to make this happen, where to start, and how to get inspiration from others. Welcome, everyone. Today, I would like to share with you a very, a more personal exploration of mine. And uh, I have invited two guests with me to discuss this. The big question in the field of transforming organization is the question of leaders. How important leaders are to bring their organization to a new state of consciousness. So we work a lot with teams. And of course, the, the collective the teams are essential because they are creating new output. They are, they are the culture of the organization. But leaders have a key role to play. And helping leaders growing and helping leaders being in a state of consciousness so they can lead the organization to something new to an organization that is maybe more, uh, you know, fulfilling its purpose and creating value for the whole society. It takes a personal growth. First of all, the question of leadership has been explored for many years, but I've been looking around it and trying to find what is the most efficient. A few months ago, and I'm sharing with my audience, this is a very personal thing. It's a bit of a coming out. I did something that I've never did before. I ex- experienced in a retreat, uh, I had a legal experience of uh, psychedelics through mushrooms in Netherlands. And that has been amazing in a context of a retreat dedicated to personal growth, healing and knowing yourself better. I went there out of curiosity. A friend of mine invited me and he told me it was life-changing and I, it's because it's somebody I really um, I fully trust. I decided to go and I never took any drugs in my life. And I didn't know anything about any distinctions about drugs in general. So for me, they were all like in a big same package. So I took psychedelics, which is a family of drugs. And this experience has been absolutely like mind-blowing and changing there is a before and after and the in a sense of my understanding of myself and also in the sense of being more free and being i would say healed from we all have our little things i know that we carry from the past some some of us are really you know carry big loads big packs of pain and some of us uh much uh, i think I'm, I'm pretty good but i must say there is a before and after in terms of my freedom my understanding of myself and in understanding what is important in life what I've observed in this in the group I was with is that people really having a shifting experience. And the thing is that it lasts over time. It's not that it was great day after, but it's, uh, you know, there is a before and after on, on the long term. So that has been my experience. And I became interested in this topic. And, uh, and I was thinking about what if, leader, what if leaders, what about having access to such an experience? How, what would that, how would that be different for an organization that the leader has a more understanding of what is important in life of this, this distance. So I'm, I have very poor language to speak about that because that's a new topic for me. But I was starting to look around, is there any company who do like coaching, transformation, training, using psychedelics? And I found one. And uh, I found a company called Evolute Institute. And I have with me uh, Dimitri and Christopher, Dimitri Ackelrod and uh, Christopher Kabakis. I hope, guys, I don't uh, hurt your name too much. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with me. You are my guest today. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much, I think you're Germany, the two of you. Where, where is the uh, based Evolute Institute? So the Evolute Institute is based in Berlin. However, we carry out our work in the Netherlands because it is legal to conduct that work in the Netherlands. I just wanted to bring the spotlight on what you're doing. And I want to explore with my audience, with you guys listening, this question and this possibility that we can access through outer state of consciousness, more inner knowledge and, and personal growth. And I think it's amazing if it's possible and we should consider it and we should, you know, don't not be afraid and not be 
full of prejudices, but just look at it, you know, uh, with courage. And uh, I know, again, I speak from an amazing experience of mine that I'm very, very grateful for. Having no, by the way, no uh, second or ad uh, addiction or anything like that after. Uh, it's really a once uh, experience. Mm. So Dimitri and I created the Evolute Institute out of this uh, deep desire to bring those kind of experiences that you mentioned as well to more people. We had our own experiences. And if there's uh, space, uh, of course, we can talk about that as well a couple of years back. And coming out of this, both Dimitri and I, independently from each other, because we didn't know each other at the time, felt like, how would the world look like if more people had this experience? And especially then, if we look at people in positions of responsibility or power in organizations or even in politics, how would the world look like if more people had this experience? And um, I have a background in communications, coaching, training, consulting, moving more and more into personal and business coaching over the years integrating more and more somatic approaches, so body-oriented approaches. And a logical next step is to go even deeper in the work and to use alternatives of consciousness and psychedelics specifically, as you said, in a safe and legal setting, is really a great, great tool to deepen the inner work and to promote or catalyze uh, development. You know, that kind of was, was the, the inspiration that's kind of what drives us to do this work. This work means to create mostly retreat programs where we accompany people over a longer period, several weeks or months, with preparation, support on site and integration to really make the most out of this experience. So we bring in things we have learned over the years, like coming from classic facilitation or training and coaching, and combine this uh, with other modalities such as the psychedelic work. I think additionally, what the Balut Institute tries to do is actually bridging the gap between the organizational world and this kind of deep inner work that is incredibly valuable and can be a very strong catalyst for personal development. But we have seen and experienced in the past, unfortunately, these two worlds are still somewhat apart because often in organizational contexts and when talking about people, position of responsibility on leadership positions they don't want to have anything to do with these kind of topics right of introspection vulnerability and especially nothing to do with uh, altered states of consciousness or psychedelics but bringing these two worlds together i think might create synergies for both uh parts especially in our times that we live in i think this work is not any longer an option, but we think that inner work for leaders is actually a necessity because the work we live in, we could describe it as Bani, right? So VUCA used to be so, so um, volatile, uncertain, etc. But now we've entered a new stage that Stefan Grabmeier called Bani, which is basically a world that is brittle, anxious, nonlinear, and incomprehensible. And I think that very neatly describes the state of our planet and society facing immense high-level challenges ranging from mental health issues to environmental degradation over cl to climate change, um, biodiversity loss, inequality, et cetera, et cetera. So times are getting more and more complex and incomprehensible. And the question is, how can leaders nowadays better navigate through these challenges and through these times? And our answer to that is, it's not through learning new skills or using some techniques but it's only about increasing their own inner space so enlarging their inner cup so to speak to grasp more complexity and to be able basically to make sense of it and so this is also part of the motivation of the evolute institute to empower leaders not only to transform themselves but also reconnect to other people to the wider scope of their lives and also to reshape their environments and organizations. And this is kind of the, the fundamental motivation of, of our work and why we decided to create this organization. When you say altered state of consciousness, and in particular psychedelics are as a tool for that or as a, as a drug for that, the word drugs makes people very afraid in our world today. So just a bit of education here, please. So let's maybe begin with the altered states uh, part. Yes. Um, so an altered states of consciousness is a state that is uh, not your ordinary everyday uh, consciousness that most people experience in their daily lives. An altered state that many people know is uh, dreaming. 
right? When you're dreaming, that's kind of an altered state of consciousness. But uh, you can induce them also with different modalities, techniques, such as changing your breath, breathing, breathwork, such as uh, sweat lodges, extreme sports. Maybe people know the runner's high, right? When people run a marathon and you get into a state that is also can be considered an altered state, right? Or through fasting, people uh, can get there. Or when people go into nature and do vision quests and, and uh, are exposed to a raw wilderness alone or so on, that can induce altered states. So we just want to emphasize there are different kind of ways to get to altered states. And psychedelics are one uh, a very potent one, especially uh, on high doses. Psychedelics are a class of compounds that induce an altered state of consciousness. It's sometimes wrong to to put them into the bucket with other drugs because the idea usually about drugs is kind of they are bad for you. I mean, they are toxic, they make you dependent, uh, they ruin your life and so on. And this much true about narcotics, but psychedelics are very different kind of substances and they are not toxic not neurotoxic, not, not uh, hepatotoxic, so not toxic for your body. They also don't make you dependent. They're not addictive. They act on the serotonin system, not on the dopamine system, which is kind of the system that makes people addicted, really. And so it's an unfortunate development in history that they get lumped into this bucket of drugs, and then we beat uh, with a stick on the back where everything is lumped in together. And now the development in the past 20 years has been to actually to slowly begin to correct that mistake, this category mistake, and to see the immense also therapeutic potential of psychedelics. So there has been an enormous amount of research, very renowned institutions such as Johns Hopkins, uh, Imperial College London, and so on, that has shown that actually they're much more like a therapeutic instrument, uh, like um, in this sense, a drug, a therapeutic drug, and not like a nefarious compound. So that's maybe important to understand. One way to think about the effect of psychedelics is that they open up a pathway to your unconscious space that are beyond the rational mind and that are larger than this. And many people also experience like visual uh, effects, but that's not like necessary uh, or it's not uh, the desired effect. The effect is much more that your neuronal plasticity is enhanced. So there's much more flexibility in the system. And then when we do um, intentional ceremonial work, you actually have a great window of opportunity to um, do the inner work. So to work on your intention and to use this flexibility and plasticity of your uh, neuronal system to achieve your growth or developmental intentions. Can you explain us what is the the process that you take people into, you don't start with that. I think it comes after a certain a certain moment in a journey. And there is a there is mm. a accompaniment before and after. So can you tell us about how you do it and uh yeah, how how does it, it falls into place? We in general welcome those people to our programs who are ready to work on themselves and to look into their minds and subconscious with kindness and courage. To make this exploration effective and safe, we have uh, certain processes and standards established um, to guarantee that. So initially, before even people can sign up, we not only conduct a motivational interview where either Chris or I or both of us together get to know the person, understand their motivations, but we also have them run through a psychological slash psychiatric and medical checkup where we do screen for certain counterindications or factors that might actually interfere with the safe process, right? So only if you have green lights there, people can proceed to the next phase, which would be the preparation phase. So when we talk about our flagship retreat program, the Evolite program, we have a three-week-long period of preparation where we give people the essential tools as well as the knowledge to prime them for the experience um, that lies ahead of them. So we talk about what is actually consciousness, what is the mind, and what happens when the mind is under altered states, right? So what happens under the influence of psychedelics? We talk about the importance of the personal intention, etc., so that people can do intentional work under psychedelics. And then after these three weeks, we guide them through a four-day full-time retreat uh, that happens in the Netherlands, where they will experience a psychedelic journey 
And this psychedelic experience is accompanied by many other modalities of work, ranging from body work, so somatic work, breath work, creative expression, but also we talk about certain developmental concepts that are applicable for leadership. So what does it mean to my, for my leadership to evolve, right? What kind of mindsets in my life can I assume? And how is growth through that developmental perspective actually possible? And after these four days, which we call the immersion experience, we accompany people over two more months where we help them make sense of their insights, where we actually try to support them in not only experiencing altered states, but also transform these experiences into altered traits. So into altered character traits. Yeah, to actually to implement and anchor these new learnings and experiences into their life uh, and how they can actually evolve both personally and professionally. And this is basically the flow and curriculum of, uh, of our programs. Each participant gets uh, four coaching sessions throughout the program. One is before the immersion, two are on-site, before the ceremony, after the ceremony, and one or even two are in the weeks after the immersion. So actually, we can work in a very customized and bespoke way, right? And you're not just lumped into a group and uh, uh, um, same thing for all, but it's really like a very um, uh, customized individual process. So where the relationship with the coach is very important. And then, of course, the established group container is very important for what happens. Psychedelics are sometimes called unspecific amplifiers. So it's very important, actually, the preparation, the mindset, and then the setting for what happens. And we do our best to kind of encourage a, a developmental process. And one thing that Dimi mentioned is the way we think about it, it's uh, in terms of vertical in a development, which is different from just learning a new skill, as Dimi said at the beginning. And it means getting to know new mindsets. And mindsets are kind of ways of, of thinking, ways of uh, feeling, uh, ways of being in the world. And our mindset is kind of the lens through which we see the world. It's really hard in our everyday ordinary consciousness to realize what our filter is. So what this lens is, we see through our eyes and with our eyes, but we can't see our eyes, right? In a very important part of this work, actually, we get out of the matrix of our own automatic habits and uh, ways of thinking and feeling, and we enter new spaces. So if we have like, if we think about ourselves as a house, some people have uh, only been in certain rooms of the house and they have never accessed all parts of the house and then other parts of the house that it might be very interesting uh, or going outside of the house. When you have been outside of the house once and looked from it from the outside, that really changes something in kind of how you relate to yourself. So there is a lot of disidentification happening and diffusion so that you can detach from your self-narrative. You're not like trapped in like your identity or a story you tell about yourself, for example, right? You can perceive more in yourself, your own inner parts, and also emotions and, and uh, thoughts that might have been unconscious so far. And you can perceive then also much more in the outer world. And there we already move into leadership kind of. You can be much more perceptive with the people around you and hold the experience of processing them deeply, kind of, of really feeling and sensing them. And so it begins with self-leadership and personal development, and then it reaches into leading others, which gets into kind of a movement of how we think about it, empowering others. And then based on this larger awareness, you might even want to <laughs> take over more responsibility in the world or uh, think more about kind of the, the ecosystems you're in and how your action or inaction shapes those. So you have the chance to become much more aware about things that you might not have been aware about before. So that's kind of the process. And we encourage it really with kind of mindsets, development, tools and frameworks. This whole tradition of uh, Levenger, Graves, Keegan, Wilbur, um, Lalou, uh, and so on. So this is integrated, but also the inner development goals and, and other um, frameworks that help us think about our place in the world, kind of individually and collectively. Right. To just give an example of what you said to make it tangible, I can share my personal experience. Speaking about wounds, you know, we I tend to, mm. like everybody else, we have our own reactions to some situation. We get, you know, get triggered or uh, in this journey, I was in this trip, I could see myself from outside. It's funny when you said the house from outside, because that's exactly what I mm. saw. And I could see the wound on me. And then when I came back, when the wound was activated, I wouldn't realize there was a wound. I would just think it's me. 
But now I, I could, it comes and I just say, how does this wound? Yeah. And I don't got triggered by it anymore. I could just recognize, oh, this is this wound being activated. Like as if this was yeah. not me at all. This is another thing. And I could see it also how small he was. It was just a discard in me. And it's a bit, it's a bit strange to speak like that, but that's really the experience I had. And it changed my behavior and my mindset and my way to you know react mm. to certain situations from before. It feels unnatural now to react this way. It felt weird. Because mm. I I it's just it, it's in, it's not in my in my intellect, it's in my body. It has, I just feel differently about it. This is one of the things, one of the gifts of such an experience. So I, I just wanted to share, to bring a bit of a personal yeah. uh, experience or sharing just to make, make it a bit concrete. So I understand there's the first day, there's this mindset. I love the way you speak about mindset because when we want to, ch- when we work on organization transformation or culture, trans- culture change, what we want to do is to change the mindset. In order to succeed, we need a new mindset. We need a mindset in which we have a new mindset about common control, about, about decision-making, about empowerment, about uh, uh, what is possible and not possible about people, you know, having the, we mm. talk about the growth mindset, thinking people are able or not. If we have a growth mindset, uh, we see really people potential instead of seeing their limits, uh, then we will relate with them differently and we will have a leadership style completely different and enable people to take more risk, etc. So, so the mindset is key in organizations. So, and I'm interested that you're working on mindset because that's very central. And often we try all kinds of ways to evolve the mindset, transform the mindset, but this is very difficult. And what I found here is mm. that you can change your mindset in a very profound way, very fast, like in a two-hour experience. Yes, it's like there's a before and after. Like I said, like I said earlier, that I find very specific, very interesting. So I think for leaders who really want to work on their own mindset and their own the evolution, the transformation in their own mindset, not to be taken by your own limits, that is a courageous journey. But that's a very you know a rewarding one, and uh, uh, I can only encourage it from my experience. I before I, I tried that, I didn't know, I didn't know. And again, I feel like there's a big gift here for leaders. So I, maybe question to you, you you, 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 trans, you you say there is the personal part, the mindset development, and then there is the part with leadership and leading others and how we become more aware of others. So it's about that too. I'd like to enter in that, but ask you at this point, who are the people who are coming and who is this for? What is the profile of the, uh, of the people that you have developed this program for? The people that we attract with the work we do are usually people who have already achieved certain criteria, what we might consider success, right? So a lot of people, they have founded and also sold their own company, for instance. Um, Some have senior positions in their corporations they're working for, or um, in general, I think one of the kind of unifying qualities is that people assume and have been assuming responsibility not only for themselves, but also for others, right? And so they have this drive to contribute something to the world, to, to change something. And often these people are in a stage in their life where they say, look, I feel I've kind of already checked a lot of boxes in my life, right? I have, uh, I have whatever, I have maybe status and I have earned money and I have uh, done this and that, but somehow I feel there's, there might be something more in life and I, I would like to go down that path and sometimes you know um after certain people have sold or exited their companies they want new visions for their life they want to gain maybe a deeper connection to what is truly important to them so often these people are in a phase of transition in their life where they realize that the path that had led them to where they are now was good and was useful but that there is something beyond that and those people are curious to explore what lies beyond that yeah, can be like um, desire to reorient yourself in life somehow. And uh, sometimes it's a creative crisis, like you feel stuck or so, you don't know how to continue and so on. Sometimes it's like a more like a, a yearning that you um, uh, there should be more to life or that you are not de- unfolding your potential the way you could and so on. Sometimes it's a desire for more, more vitality, more flourishing uh, kind of that that brings people and sometimes it's very specific issues or problems. So like a conflict between a role up in the organization and uh, private values or current considerations, for example, or a disbalance between the responsibility I have as a CEO in, in my company and then my desire to also practice self-care and have space for myself and, and being able to relax and so on. So when there's a tension, something we're suffering from, then this, of course, is a very concrete pointer towards something that is unresolved and that could be worked on. 
I'm curious, what happened after for these people? What do you see any? Do you have any track on the the choice they make or the the outcome they get? Do they have six more success in their business? Let's. Mm -hmm. Uh, is a good question, or in their in their life, you know, how is their work yeah. life looking like after? Yeah, so it's interesting. Actually, very recently, uh, we received an email by, by one of our participants uh, who participated uh, several months ago uh, in one of our retreats, and actually, he said, Christopher and Dimitri, today I strolled through the vegetable market, and everything seemed to be brighter, more alive. I could feel more the people around me, and I could appreciate than more for, for what they are with all the joys and sorrows. And I think that that uh, sums it up um, pretty nicely. I think that people go out of this experience with an increased degree of sensitivity. And sensitivity not only to themselves, to what their own hearts and minds and bodies require and, and yearn for, but also with a heightened sensitivity to that they are part of a larger web of interconnectedness of, of relationships both with the humans and also with an non-human world right with nature so people feel feel suddenly more connected to plants to to forests and seeing that they are actually a part of, uh, of of earth and this is something we could say well that's that's on a personal level right so how does that actually translate into something that is professionally relevant and there also we have examples of ceos of companies that after having taken part in one of our retreats, reported back to us that based on their experience that they've had and the new perspective that they got from exiting their own house, looking at it from outside and going in, they realized, oh, oh, I need to change strategy in my company. And so that led to very important strategic decisions with big financial implications. But suddenly for that CEO, it became very clear why they didn't feel a harmony or why, why there was a gut feeling that was telling them, hmm, it doesn't feel right. And suddenly it was way more integrated, right? So this is gaining another layer of understanding and of, of, of knowledge. Um, Chris, I'm sure you have uh, some other examples. One effect often is people are much more present in their lives, uh, feel much more grounded and more connected. And that's what you said, like maybe also when you said like um, become more sensitive so kind of i i can feel more around uh, and uh, within me and for the professional part the ceo that you mentioned he's a great case study for us and uh, it's uh, because actually there's kind of that was really tangible proof that what we do is relevant uh, because we also always kind of ask ourselves so how can we make this most relevant of course for the professional context for the leadership context is it Sometimes people say, like, isn't it just more personal? And here we have really such a clear cut case. And he um, even took like the models and folks we used and took them into the ne negotiations with this uh, sales partner that they wanted to um, split from. And it kind of it's a million dollar uh, decision. And within the conversation with the investors to kind of be able to talk about why they should better split up because they come from different mindsets. So really the mindsets model and, and to understand like what the cognitive operator is and where you're acting from in the world that helped him a lot to kind of negotiate very concretely in that crucial week that was after the retreat actually and then afterwards he said like it is really like that I'm I'm different with my employees like I'm much more uh, relaxed and open I also I, I'm much less in a in a more narrow self-interest and more looking at the vision and mission of the company so long-term thinking is, has been much more strengthened. He is more present also. He also, like when he walks around, he kind of is much more, feels much more there and present. And he said like, so before he was always struggling with working, 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 never stopping. And now he says like, if I had um, um, a good morning and early afternoon and I feel at 2 p.m., wow, I've really accomplished a lot today. Then he allows himself to actually go home and take the afternoon off. And said, like before, I would have never done this. I would I was always like in the in the wheel, working, 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 doing more. And so now he he carved out some precious space for himself also to kind of enjoy life or to to be, take space to relax and to recover. So this example uh, is kind of a, a CEO of a, a thirty person startup, um, very successful already. The clearest cut example that on many levels actually there was significant change that was relevant for the uh, for his role in this company as a leader. So. It doesn't always have to be that big, of sure. course, and there are different ways yeah. they can go. But yeah. What are you using? Mm -hmm. Mushrooms or? So what we are using are 
psilocybin containing truffles and specifically truffles because they are legal in the Netherlands and other substances such as LSD and ayahuasca are not. Um, but beyond the mere point of legality, I think there are some other advantages and disadvantages of using certain substances. So for instance, what comes along with LSD, which is also a serotonergic psychedelic, so that acts also on the serotonin systems, same as uh, psilocybin, is that LSD will usually take people on a nine to 12 hour journey, which is incredibly intense. And often for most people who have not had numerous experiences, simply overwhelming and, and, and too tiring, right? So that's why also psilocybin truffles or mushrooms in certain legislations have also been used more in clinical settings because it's way more manageable to have a three to four hour journey than a 12 hour one. And then also uh, when, you, when you talk about ayahuasca, for instance, uh, it's a brew, so to speak, that originates from the Amazonian basin. It, it is a local theogen there. And of course, taken it over to Europe and other places. Some consider it as a curse and a blessing, right? Because it's taken out of the cultural context and it's administered here where we have completely different approaches to that work and values, et cetera. But apart from that, I would say cultural aspect. Also, ayahuasca might not be suitable for some people because it also acts on a very physical level. So it comes with purging or vomiting. And I think that is for many people too intense, right? In addition, ayahuasca has more potential for interactions with other medications that people might be taking, but also with certain food that they take. So, so the cyber people are, react well. You don't, you don't get sick. You don't get, you know, how how do people react in general? They have a, a good experience. Some people may have a bad experience. Or there are two layers to it. Sick means like kind of seasick or you have pain in the stomach or so on. This is not that often the case because people prepare a tea basically. And they just drink the tea and they don't uh, eat the truffles. This is usually much more easily digestible. And then um, the risk of kind of feeling sick or so is, is, is greatly, greatly reduced. Like in terms of what kind of experience you have, while all the preparation work, the support we're giving and so on is, of course, helping people to increase the chances or maximize the chances that they have a productive and positive um, experience and not get into a loop of something negative, let's say uh, anxiety or, or something like this, right? So that's why we have facilities on, on, on site. So the facilitator to participant ratio is one to two. So we really can take very good care of the people and make sure they're comfortable and also interact with them uh, during their events. And then there's interesting questions. So sometimes what you could consider a bad experience is a challenging experience in the sense that you process difficult emotions. But this is something that actually uh, we want because it's an integral part of development and growth and sometimes healing. So if you process anxiety or sadness or uh, grief, anger uh, wasn't processed properly at the time when it occurred, often it's kind of also biographical topics or from other situations, then this um, in itself is not pleasant in the sense that you have uh, it's uh, joyful or you're happy while you're doing this, but it's um, an integral part, an important part of the work. So it's not just that you want to facilitate or have experiences that are uh, nice, where you see the beauty of life and nature, or you feel rapture or uh, incredible joy or love and connectedness, which is also what can happen or often happens. But it's also that we want to look at the places that maybe we haven't looked so far, but it would be really good for us to actually look there and to process what needs to be processed. Because then actually something really changes in us and resolves itself at a deep level. So at a felt sense, level, which is like an emotional and physical level. And that's where the change happens. And like, we all have great ideas about things, right? And uh, we know cognitive approaches to change. That's all very nice. But we also know that when you said like, I'm being triggered, well, that's not rational. There is actually, you hit a point and boom, uh, off you go and it takes you on a ride. And um, this is a, it's an emotional, physical pattern. And we want on, on this level, if we want to resolve it, it need, we need to go into the emotions and we need to go into the body. So that's why it's an important part. And it helps then if people know and can expect this. So all parts of the preparation and how to deal with those experiences is very important as part of the prep process. And then on site, of course, that we have the skilled and experienced doctor, psychologist, and psycho-spiritual guides who actually uh, support you and help you process what needs to be processed.
people can experience challenging moments. And there's also scientific or academic research conducted on that. And interestingly, it found that especially in those challenging moments, after the experience, people attributed a lot of meaning to these experiences. So they said, despite it being incredibly challenging, these experiences were considered as one of the most important in their lives. And this is because suddenly in these states, when we get out of our head and more into our bodies, into our emotions, we can suddenly process certain topics that have been kept away as far as possible from us for a long time. And that is what often for people feels like a cathartic release. What is the secret source for this as you as facilitators of, of, of this experience? What is the most important thing that you're looking at as you are facilitating the whole process? I'm not just saying the experience itself, but the whole, I don't know, many months process. What is the um, core skill that you guys have and want to develop to help people in this? That's a great question, Michael. Um, maybe before answering that, I would like to address uh, a few points you, you, you mentioned mm -hmm. um, just before that and regarding the healing and the process it takes and also seeing it as a gift of, of nature. So I think it is important to be aware of the fact that psychedelic work is a very intense kind of work and it is definitely not suitable for all circumstances, right? And especially what the Evolute Institute offers is not a um, therapy in the clinical sense, right? But is a work of inner development and inner growth um, for people who would usually not identify as patients or as uh, having suffering from severe depression or PTSD. Um, I think there is an important differentiation here at these levels because these people, they will require clinical psychotherapy, which can also in certain cases happen with psychedelics, but this is not what we, what we focus on. And I think that, of course, if there is a potential to, to accelerate healing, we should, we should embrace that. But at the same time, I think we always have to bear in mind when are we using shortcuts and when are we actually doing the work that needs to be done. And I think sure. here it's uh, important to emphasize that nobody will will do the, the heavy lifting for oneself, right? So it's always the person needs to show a willingness to do the work, needs to show the readiness and courage also to go through the difficult emotions, to face their shadows, to embrace their demons um, and to respond with loving kindness to them. And I, I think that these qualities They can never be fully achieved, but they can only be practiced and practiced as a lifelong journey. And so we, we feel like healing and development is also a, a lifelong path and nothing that can be condensed and pressed into a five-day retreat. So um, although, of course, we can make jumps on the step function of development, right? And suddenly we, we, we might get an access to a different level we hadn't had before, and that might be a catalyst, but it's definitely, it's not, there's no destination, right? It's always a path that goes deeper and deeper. Maybe I want to address it because it's it's a point that doesn't find a lot of attention in these kind of spheres. Where, but you, you said it's a gift from nature. And I really do believe that this kind of work, it can help us in one very particular point. And that is a point of separation and versus connectedness. And I think that a lot of symptoms we are seeing both in ourselves and we are suffering personally, be it from sadness or unprocessed grief, but also symptoms that we see on a collective societal level, right? What is happening in terms of the destruction of nature and the way we are collectively behaving and uh, maybe competing also in unhealthy ways, I think can be essentially reduced to a problem of the feeling of separateness, that we feel disconnected, not only from our personal selves, but also from the world around us, the people around us, and maybe even disconnected from something greater, from life at large. And the beauty of this psychedelic work is that we can indeed use a gift of nature, fun fungi, that can show us again what connection means on these levels. And I think that this is a massive potential that we can harness for the good, not only for the good of ourselves, but for the good of society. When you think about the new paradigm, a shift of paradigm, you know, what is the direction we should take when we're talking about evolution? What is the evolution we are in today? It's probably an evolution in which we understand the interconnectedness uh, that we are part of an ecosystem a system and the systemic thinking so we understand it with it very well with the COVID, for instance oh all of a sudden we see how much all interconnected we are and how fast things can change we see it with the economy as well uh, with it with the with the climate for sure 
but it's as if our brains is maybe not yet fully ready to embrace that complexity, the complexity that of being interconnected at so many levels. So I think you, you, you're facilitating this and it's an offer that is available for, for everyone, for leaders in particular. It doesn't come up by accident you're doing this. It's a, it's a journey you have been into uh, at different levels. So you want to say a few words about yourself? Uh, I'm half German, half Greek. I grew up in Germany. I was born and grew up in Germany, in Western Germany, close to the Dutch border. And I studied business and economics and international development and moved in uh, when I started my career um, into the field of communication. I'd always like learned languages during my studies and I love traveling and so on. And the beginning of my journey was very much about communication. And communication is, at its essence, also relating and about bringing people together, right, uh, under a shared vision that's what leadership communication also is at its essence and so i was always interested in communication as a technique but then also something much bigger and larger and also what it tells us about the reality of uh, like of our existence and and the mind and so on there's always like a, a hobby that was at the side while i was uh, working in, in consulting and training and coaching this path of going into coaching and training is of course connected also to my personal journey of reconnection so we just said like psychedelics can be thought of as a mind technology or a body mind technology and its foremost function can be one of reconnection and my personal psychedelic experience was very much that i was very much disconnected from my body in a way that you the problem is always we can't see what we can't see right we can't we don't know what's beyond our horizon it was just normal for me um i was very much top heavy you could say very much in my head left hemisphere is very analytical learning studying and so on excelling in academia and, and and so on and what the psychedelic experience showed me how uh, disconnected i was from my body and thus also from my emotions actually and so my personal path has been also one of integration integrating my uh, body and my emotions much more into my overall being and consciousness so for for me personally it has been that had this function it also that's a second function it has been reconnecting me with my greek ancestry because i grew up in, in germany and because of uh, difficult family relationships with the Greeks that also my parents had, I was keeping away from me. It was too much. A lot of stuff that happened on the Greek side in the ancestral line, you could say. Uh, the grandparents, lots of suffering and pain, being guest workers here in Germany, then going back home and leaving their only son, my father, here, being then old and sick alone in Greece and so on. That I, as a child, uh, that was too much for me. And also my parents didn't help me process that, those emotions, the sadness, the um, the pain, the kind of not being able to communicate because I couldn't speak Greek and they couldn't speak proper German or so. So it was like like an, a gap, an abyss. And also there for me personally, this has been so important kind of to reconnect with this Greek ancestry. And like in one of my journeys, I really saw the earth of my of the, my ancestors, the Greek earth, and I had this strong desire to kind of reconnect. And, and also I processed lots of grief related to the passing away of my Greek grandparents. And because it happened before, we could actually reconnect uh, at, at a deep level. I was disconnected from this. And then the reconnection part continued. Uh, and so there's a very deep connection I feel now with the web of life or with life uh, in general. And it is almost like a spiritual dimension, like it's a, a an access to a transpersonal domain that I didn't know. I was also disconnected from this. And this is partly uh, conditioning uh, because uh, in the West, many people are kind of uh, disconnected from religion. And so there's a gap somehow in meaning. So what is it all about, the meaning of life? And, and those basic questions that we all ask ourselves when we're kids, but then we we get busy with uh, studying and learning and working and so on, and we forget those very basic questions. And it really connected me to those big questions again and the felt sense of connectedness with something larger than myself and you could say with life itself. And so here now I, I, I put my background in a way into this uh, psychedelic uh, personal story. Yeah, and I, I mean, in my in my work, I have been working with uh, companies, uh, lots of big companies as well, like leadership level and also employees and it's around communication and with a focus on leadership communication and then personal business coaching. And this path, again, has kind of allowed me to deepen my work into the body. And, uh, and now with the psychedelics, it's, a, it's an amazing and fantastic instrument that if used wisely with care and with respect under the right conditions can have tremendous developmental potential so this um 
what you call healing or we could call integration. If we look at it from a complex dynamic systems perspective, it's kind of an integration. Uh, that's kind of a gift to be able to survey and to bring this work to people and to help them. I was born in Belarus and when I was very young, my family emigrated to Germany. And I was raised with this often typical immigrant mindset. You need to perform, you need to deliver in order to be worth something in the society, right? And this was basically the paradigm of thought I was brought up with. So I did. Most of my life, what I've been doing, with hindsight, I was trying to deliver and to perform. And I went through many world-renowned universities and scored a, a very high-ranking uh, I mean, job that from the outside looked all great and everything with good pay and responsibility and the company was, was, was growing rapidly. I always kind of defined myself over what I do, my achievements, right? And at the same time, despite having all these ostensible things that one might call successes, I increasingly felt a void in me, a disconnect from myself in the sense that I felt what I'm doing does, does not fulfill my heart. It just doesn't answer that yearning that I have inside me. And I didn't know what to do. And neither did I actually have the psychological space to, to address this question properly. And neither did I have the courage really to look at it, honestly, because I knew I would have to change something in my life if I honestly answered that, that kind of inner calling. And it was then in the psychedelic experience that I've had more than four years ago, where I've had, I would say, a very life-changing moment. So I went in there as, as somebody who saw himself as a rational, evidence-based person, right? I did a PhD in public health. I've worked for over five years in a machine learning uh, US tech company. So all I did was looking at data, looking at hard evidence and numbers and figures. And I went into that psychedelic and theogenic ceremony thinking that nothing even will happen to me because I don't believe in all that woo-woo uh, stuff that the people are talking about. All this esotericism is nothing for me. And, and that night I had to realize in a very painful manner how little I knew about myself, how many wounds I was carrying with me, how many unprocessed small traumas, if you want to call them that way. And I felt like, wow, I think I have, I have a lot of cleaning up work to do in my life. And on the other hand, I felt for the first time in my life a moment that I was sure I couldn't explain anymore rationally, right? Of course, maybe from the outside, neuroscientists would say, well, yes, your experience can be, can be brought back to your neurons firing uh, around and your default mode network being, being tuned down, et cetera, et cetera. I guess we all know, have heard of the theories of what happens under psychedelics, but the experiential perceiving of that was simply mind cracking for me. And I had the impression, wow, for all of my life, mostly, I, I was working with a very narrow perspective of what life is, of what reality can be. And I suddenly realized how much I have been limiting myself on that worldview. And so this opened up for me kind of a new play field, so to speak, right? A new play field of, 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 of potentiality. And so that brought me slowly on the path of looking into myself seriously, and kindly and starting to work on these topics. And over the course of, of the years, I have been practicing and, and discovering a lot of beautiful, wonderful techniques on, on that journey into, uh, from meditation to breath work to nature work and also psychedelic work. And that's how eventually I ended up also applying myself in this kind of work. And thank you. And, and I understand that there is not only psychedelics programs that you, I mean, programs based on psychedelics that you're offering uh, at Evolution Institute, there are others. Uh, some in nature, some just a few words on that. What does the offer? Yeah. So since we also work with organizations, um, we are aware of, the, aware of the fact that psychedelics are still a contentious topic, right? And a, a very, very sensitive one. And that's why we say it's not specifically only about the psychedelic, but it's about really opening up. It's about showing vulnerability um, and it's about reconnecting with self and with others. And so this can be achieved with other techniques. And so we have workshop formats and and also retreat formats where we use breathwork retreats or meditation retreats or also vision quests so where people go into nature into wilderness with themselves for five days fasting and in silence and so that triggers also an altered state and that triggers also a very potentially profound experience so so, so there's a website i think that's evolute 
evolute.com. I will put it on the presentation of this uh, of this podcast so people can just relate to it and find you easily. I like to ask to my guests uh, a few words for, of them directly to the audience. I would get my mic, remove my headset, and you guys could say whatever you want to the people listening. And I, I just don't even know what you say because I, I, don't, I don't listen. So would you like to do that? If you felt that what we are talking about in this podcast is interesting, then the invitation is to chat us up, to come talk to us, uh, to write us an email or talk to us and to learn more about this kind of work, which is a work of um, mindset development, of inner development with uh, different means, let's say. For me, this is a very important work and almost sacred work to help people explore themselves, get in touch with themselves, process what needs to be processed and a kind of Uh, grow by doing so and it's a work that is for self-leadership kind of for transforming yourself it's a work for helping others to change and it's a work that can help us to even transform our our ecosystems so our organizations our societies the collective and so it's a work on multiple levels we're really looking forward with everyone who, who feels like ah, that, that speaks to me. I want, I'm an, for example, an entrepreneur. I'm, an, I'm a change maker. I'm a, I'm a leader. I'm a, a curious mind. And I actually feel that there's something in, in there for me then to, to come to us and have a conversation or work together or whatever. Chris, Dimitri, thank you so much for um, giving time and space in your calendar to be uh, on this show to be in this conversation and thank you for what you're doing i think there is a lot of courage also I, to open new avenues when this is completely new when uh, there is also a lot of prejudice uh, around the uh, psychedelics we see we have a lot of images coming that this is bad and for crazy people or drug addicts and not at all and there is and the contrary maybe a maybe an offering if it's well done if there is a right set and setting the right intention both from the host and from the participants. So thank you for the courage of uh, putting your career in service of that and your name in service of that. Yeah, also to share my experience and uh, honestly, and uh, maybe knowing that some people may you know, uh, not like it or judge it, but uh, that's, that's me. So yeah, all the best to you. And then, uh, well, for our uh, audience, I hope this, in this episode inspired you. And well, stay tuned for our next episode. Bye.